Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott Knowles, and you are listening to another episode of I'm Spartan OCR Podcast. Uh, sorry my voice is a little gone. Last weekend I uh, was catching a little bit of cold, and I figured, you know, I work for a hospital, so I figured I'd go to the doctor first thing Monday morning and take care of this cold, because I knew New Jersey was coming up that weekend, so I go to the doctor, and she don't run some tests. She walks in with a mask and says, you got to go home because you have the flu. So I stayed out all week taking Tamiflu and uh, got a little bit better and uh, lost my voice over the weekend. So not only do you have to uh, listen to my redneck southern tongue, I also don't have my voice fully either, so... You're in for a treat. On this episode, I uh, talked to a good friend of mine, Jason Hart. Um, he did his first ultra over the weekend, and then he run the beast again on Sunday. I run the beast uh, Saturday and Sunday with uh, my buddy Michael Robertson. Went up there with me. Uh, hope you enjoy the interview. Here to go. Hey, everybody. I got my good friend Jason Hart on the phone here today. He's going to tell us a little bit about the ultra he ran this weekend. Jason, why don't you say what's up to everybody? What's up, everybody? <clears throat> so, so Jason, t- tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, uh, what do you do for a living? How old you are? Where are you from? Uh, I'm a fight fitter. I'm 168 in Ohio. Uh, now, <laughs> most of the time, I... Uh, I either sit in the office and estimate and project manage and run some jobs out in the field with power plants and chemical plants. Uh, I'm 34 years old. I'll be 35 this year. Oh, man, you're getting old. Getting up there, yeah. So, so you just do desk work? You don't go out there and do the pipe fitting anymore? Um, not very often. Usually just... I get to go out and do the pipe fitting like on a weekend, like emergency calls and stuff. Like I got called Friday when I was driving to New Jersey. Oh, for real? And I, I, yeah, to, to do an emergency call out. So I just had to uh, get on the phone and make a couple phone calls and make, take care of it for me. You know, but if I'm home and not, you know, at a race somewhere, I pretty much go wherever on Friday or Saturday, you know, if they call. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh, basically the more inconvenience, the more money. No, I, How I look at it. Yeah, I know you're busy. You got a busy schedule most of the time between you, your fitness and your work and everything. Yeah, I work about uh, I don't know, fifty fifty five hours a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, training kind of goes down now that the uh, race season's in. Uh, in the winter, it's probably about. I don't know, 
16 to 20 hours a week I'd either run or be in the gym Right. It ain't that, it's not that much now. But. Right. Jason, how did you get into your first OCR or your first Spartan race? Uh, my friend Nick told me I'd be good at it. Uh, he works at one of the power plants. So I said, Dan, you want to try that? He's the one that got me back in the gym in 2014. So I, uh, I was like, I don't know, maybe I thought about it. And then I ended up doing a Warrior Dash over in Millfield, Ohio, and I actually ran it with my boss at work. Huh. Uh, me and Justin, Justin, actually, he ran it with me, me and him and his wife. Well, uh, that's my, that was, uh, that was like in the spring of 2015, that'd been my first OCR race. All right, so I, I met you at Ohio in 2015 because we were both volunteering on that Friday before yeah. the race. So what, yeah. what was that, your second race? That would have been my second race, yeah. Right. And the rest is history. First, yeah, the first Spartan race, yep. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, because we, we volunteered on the, I volunteered for the, the Beast, and I ran the, the uh, open class on the sprint. Yeah. I remember that. And then I bumped into you at, I think, Asheville the next two years after that, right? Oh, and you was at Carolina, yeah. too. You was at Carolina, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Asheville, we bumped into each other. Yeah. And then uh, then last year, yeah, it's when we all crashed there together. Yeah, we all stayed in that cool house of your friends. <laughs> yeah, my friend James has a house on the Biltmore. It's where stay. Yeah, that was fun. We got to stay in the three little bears room upstairs. <laughs> yeah, kids right. All right, all right, Jason. So you ran the Ultra Beast on Saturday, and then you ran the Beast again the next morning with us. So uh, yeah. tell us how you know you you started to train for this race. You knew it was coming up. So what? what how did you change up your training to prepare for this race? I don't know. I didn't change a lot. I ran a little bit more distance. About every other weekend, I did a. I ran a 15 mile weekend in the mountains in West Virginia, and I did an 18 mile on a weekend, and then I did that 20 mile that I posted, and I did 20 miles and 320 or something, and then nothing for two weeks on the weekend. They long runs. Right. And I, I really didn't t- change a whole lot. I always do like a. Like uh, at the other park I run in the week, it's closer to to work, so I can get there in the daylight and run. And I usually run two laps, and they're three and a half miles a lap. And I usually just try to run them for time. Like I, you know, three years ago I ran them in thirty eight minutes, and now my fastest lap is twenty six minutes. Wow! So I just keep trying to whittle the uh, time down there, and then I go to the. I go to Mount Wood and on the weekends, and I run distance. I'll, I'll never go there and run under uh, 12 miles. It's about the shortest I'll run, somewhere between 12 and 20. Right. So so you run you run two days a week? Yeah, usually. If there's not a race, yeah. I mean, like this week, I haven't ran. I haven't even been to the gym. Yeah. I, just, uh, I, I did a little workout today, and that was about it. I'm about over the soreness now. So um so leading up to 
the re the the week of the race. How did you plan out your week coming up to do the ultra? Um, I just kind of worked my way back from the. You know, I know Friday. I I usually never run uh, the week before, like six or seven days. I won't run any before, and then workout wise, I usually. Uh, see, so I usually always travel on Friday, and I typically never go work out on Thursday, so I quit, like, my last day is Wednesday of every week. I didn't really change up toward any. Right. I mean, that's, that's whether it's a sprint or, or a beast, or in this case, ultra, I really didn't change anything. It was, you know, leading up to it, I really, I didn't change, I didn't lift heavy, I mean, I, I lifted light, did a lot of reps. Yeah. On Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. They were, all, they were pretty high intensity, and there's only like, uh, one day was an hour and 15 minutes, one day was an hour and a half, I forget which, what was which, but there wasn't no heavy weights trying to keep my joints, uh, I guess, not as sore. Right. So, did you like change up your diet the week of, did you like start carb loading or, you know, whatever? No, I didn't. I ate exactly the same stuff in the morning. Uh, pretty much, you know, pasta on Fridays, and I drank enough water. I thought I drank enough water anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so what is your what diet do you usually eat? You know, I know you're high protein, but do you like kind of stay away from carbs, or you eat a lot of carbs? I eat quite a few carbs, but yeah, they're. I guess clean carbs. I eat pretty clean. Like I never, you know me. I don't eat much trash. Yeah. Uh, I eat a lot of broccoli, carrots, a lot of chicken, turkey, and fish. And I usually eat red meat once, once a week. I'll either eat a ninety-three-seven on the lean hamburger, like right, right. once a week, or I'll have steak maybe on the weekend. Um. I don't really steer away from carbs that much, really. I always have oatmeal and blueberries or strawberries in the morning or banana. Right. Uh, I always eat Greek yogurt, Greek yogurt and nuts. And then my, you know, my carbs are usually green. I never eat corn, but I eat like green beans, broccoli, asparagus. Right. Uh, salad. I always use a salad too, spinach. I don't really veer away from carbs. I I eat about three thousand calories a day, every, pretty much every day. Right, man. So, what what did what was your what was your last meal you ate? Like, what did you eat Friday night? I was with you because we both went to that uh, Smokey's Tavern after we yeah. dropped off your drop bin. But what'd you get? Yeah, I, I had uh, chicken parmesan. I ate one chicken breast and then. Uh, that's I right. the other one. Yeah, that was pretty, it was quite a bit. I yeah. didn't fight that was too much. And you had the extra cheese. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> there, that's right. You had this big plate of Parmesan chicken, and there was like this big glop of cheese that was on the top yeah. of it. And then I was like, are you going to eat that? And you said, nope. Yeah. And I scooped it up. That was too out. much cheese for me. Yeah, that was, that was kind of cool because your friend TJ, uh, I forget her last name, but they hooked us up with a table because it was like an hour yeah. wait. Yeah, that was pretty nice of TJ. She hooked us up on that one. Yeah. 
<clears throat> she totally busted me out today because she took a, a real good picture that showed the elevation of one of the trails and I saved it and I kind of added it in with my photos and she totally recognized it. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so we flew in and I know you drove and what you were like, it was like an eight hour drive for you, right? Yeah, if you drove straight through, I'm sitting in the truck right now and that's 1,209 miles is what's in it. Oh, so man. that's what it took. That's driving from there over, uh, meeting you guys. And then back and forth, what three times from the hotel to the venue? Yeah, but you, but, but you didn't actually drive because you were chauffeured because Jennifer, yeah. Jennifer Bell come with you and she run the beast on Saturday, and uh, Serena, oh, what's Serena's last name? Reynolds, Serena Reynolds. Yeah, they chauffeured you the whole way over there and back, didn't they? Uh, I think I drove about three hours on the way over. Oh. I bet that was nice on the way back. You probably slept the whole yeah. way back. Uh, I drove about two hours, and that was all I could do. My legs was cramping and twitching, and even my forearms was cramping, mm -hmm. actually. Dang. Yeah, I would have never made it home. I would have had to stay somewhere. Man. I need to off to them, too, for getting me home. I know last year when we run it and we drove 16 hours back, man, it was the worst experience of my life because every time we stopped, we could just barely get out of the car. We were so stove up. It was awful. That's why we yeah. flew this year. Of course, I didn't run the Ultra this year. I just run the Beast both days. But, uh, well, all right, Jason, while we were sleeping in because we didn't have to be at the venue as early, tell us, you know, like, what was your morning pre-race ritual before you started the ultra? Uh, yeah, we got there about an hour before. I had my oatmeal and blueberries and uh, had my beat elite and my hammer for breakfast. And, uh, you know, I guess, I guess it was dark for a little bit longer than I planned because usually we don't get there until like 6 or 6.30 and we got there at 5 o'clock that morning. And I don't know. I, it, I I didn't really take it as serious as I normally do. I'm, you know, me. I'm pretty competitive. Right. So I, I guess I went with the mindset. I just want to finish this race. So it was actually a little bit more laid back than I typically am. Like in Ohio, I, I won't be as laid back. Well, you got to be, be conservative, you know, on a race like this, because. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the first time you ever ran this far, right? Yeah, I've never in my life ran the... I've ran 18 miles probably 10 times. Some of them on pavement, some of them in the woods. That was just training. I've never I've never ran a marathon back this winter or this fall, probably in the month of October, I guess. I'll drive somewhere and run. But yeah, I've never ran over 20 miles, period. So this was a whatever it ended up being twenty six or twenty seven miles. That's the farthest I've ever ran at one time. Yeah. Most I've ever ran in a weekend too. I've never ran forty miles ish. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's no way I would have been able to do the beast the next day after I did the ultra. No way. I was done after when the race was over. Man, I was done. My knees were done. <laughs> So, uh, y'all didn't start 
because y'all were supposed to start at six o'clock, but didn't they like hold y'all back a little yeah, while? Yeah, we yeah we it had to be six thirty. So I seen someone's watch at six thirty two, so it had to be a little after six thirty two. We stood on that hillside for thirty some minutes, thirty five minutes or so. I remember I kept turning up the hill and then down the hill and up the hill down the hill. Right. So, I know you did Asheville, and Asheville had a lot of hills in it, but was when you started the race and you started going up these inclines, I mean, what did, what did you think, you know? Um, you... I think I've ran and trained that much elevation, but what I train on, what I have available, it's within an hour driving, is bike trails. Yeah. It's kind of different because a bike trail, you zigzag back and forth up, but you get more mileage, but you don't get all your elevation gain at once. Right. And these here, you just going straight up the ski slope. So that was, I mean, I got, I didn't really surprise me, but I didn't really know. You couldn't, I couldn't run them. I mean, I could run the bottom fourth of one, you know, yeah. jog, and then I just fast walked, I guess, swung my arms and walked as fast as I could. Tried to make my heels touch the, you know, keep my heels on the ground to try to, keep my calves stretched out and I never really had any problems with my calves just my quads yeah see now I did that's what I was doing too because I was thinking you know if you walking up these steep inclines on the ball of your foot and your toes it's just putting more strain on your calves and gonna make you cramp right but yeah it seemed to me like there was more incline at the beginning of the race than there was at the end at least the steepest climb was at the beginning, I believe. Yeah, that was, beginning was steep. And mile 10 was pretty steep, too, where the, you came out of the woods and went up uh, ski slope. That was a pretty good climb. It wasn't as long, but it was pretty steep. Yeah. And I remember that hill where it kind of staged up to it, but that hill that had the little piece of snow on it or ice or whatever, that, was, right. a, that was a pretty good climb there, too. Yeah. So, uh, on your first lap, you know, uh, how, how did you do on the obstacles? Uh, I did fair about where I figured I'd be. The spear's about 50-50 for me. Yeah, me too. And, and then the, uh, you know, I fell off the twister. And I took too much time on the bucket carry. I guess I played conservative and thought, oh, I gotta do it again, so don't leave everything you got out on the, right. out on the, trail now so I, I probably stopped too many times on the bucket carry and then falling off the twister like I think I had four rings go oh man that, that's really not typical for me upper body wise but they were wet they were dry in the first set and they got wet towards the end of the, the middle set and the whole third set was wet and I don't I don't think I don't know how I could have really stayed on that honestly being they were wet yeah, you know, and, and and that's one thing about, you know, the, the monkey bars, the rig, twister, you know, if they're dry, they're simple. But yeah. if if they got moisture on it or they're wet, it's a total different ball different game. game. Yeah, just like Charlotte. Yeah. You know, the monkey bars are easy, but those was uphill oh my and God. wet, you know, and, and, you know, I never really fall off of them. And, sure. you know, Charlotte, when I fell off of them. I only lost one place. You know, typically you lose in an elite class. You lose fifteen places. You fall off the monkey bars. Yeah, 
I know I fell off of them. That was the worst race I've had in a long time was at Charlotte. For sure. I can't remember the last time I had to do 90 burpees in a race. But, um, so, yeah, I think that bucket carry, you know, it really threw a lot of people from a loop because that was a steep climb and I seen just everybody was stopping and sitting on their bucket, you know, and and one thing I tried to do is I, I, I never set it on the ground. I'll set it on my quad because if you set it on the ground, to me, that's going to make you take a longer break. If you just kind of stand back in a lunge and leave it on your quad, you know, it. I think it'll. It, you won't take as long of a break that way. Right, because it's uncomfortable enough that you don't want to leave it there very long. You know, you get your five or ten seconds and you're... Yeah. And you suck it back up. And you don't have to take as much energy to get that weight from your toes clear back up to your waist. You only got half the distance. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's the way I see, too. I mean, it's you, you just you set it on your quad. You just give your back enough time to rest from carrying it as far as you already have. And then you just charge at it again. And, hell, when I come around to the downhill, I was good to go once I got it up over the top. Right. Yeah. yeah, just had that little bit of loose gravel right there in that last, right in front of where you dumped it and picked the bump at. That loose gravel was a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Can, Wishy washy. Can you imagine how bad that hill would have been if it would have like poured down rain and just been like mud slick? Oh man, people would have been dying on that hill. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I'd probably just slid down the bucket in my lap and slid on my ass. <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing, ain't nothing in the rules that says you can't do that, right? Yeah, as long as you don't spill it, that's all I'm out of worried about. <laughs> hmm. Did you have any problems doing the Olympus? On the... Nah, nah. I mean, it was kind of on a hill, finally took the upper side, you know, because that little bit of gravity would help you. It was on a little bit of a slope. I don't know if you noticed that, but... Right. I didn't have no problem. My, my, I think my grip strength's pretty fair. Yeah, you ain't never failed Olympus, have you? Yeah, knock on wood, no. Uh, I'm about 50% on that thing right now. I made it Sunday, but didn't make it Saturday. <clears throat> now, how, when you do it, how do you do it? Do you put your feet flat against it, or do you kind of put your knees against it? Well, I actually did one each on the Saturday. I did my knees the first time because it was wet when I went through and my shoes seemed a little bit slick. So I did like the first two sheets of plywood. I had my feet on there, but my feet was slipping more than normal and they were really high. And they were at the bottom of the lower holes and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll try my knees. And I actually did the finished with my knees on there. That didn't give me much problem. Then the second lap, I uh, I put my feet on there, but the plywood was all dry, right. and it wasn't slick. And I actually I know I made way better time the second lap than I did the first. But I didn't I didn't think it was bad. It's just like doing the Z wall. The Z wall is easy if it's dry, but yeah. if that comes after an obstacle that's wet, or you come out of water and that's muddy, the Z wall can really test your grip strength. What, was the Z wall dry when you got to it? It was dry when I got to it. Yeah, it was dry. It was easy on that race. It, it was always dry, so it wasn't bad at all. Yeah, I noticed that the blocks on the Z wall coming around the first turn, 
they were in a great place, I think, on like every single wall. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I noticed that them. too. You didn't have you didn't have an awkward handhold or an awkward foot, uh, you know, for your foot to get a hold of. They were in, I don't know, reasonable places. Sometimes I've been on them where they're, yeah, like, I'm really stretching, like, I'm out of my comfort zone, put it that way. Oh, yeah. When you're like, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, like, on Olympus and the Z-Wall, do you go to your you go to your right hand dominant side? Yeah, I go. I lead with my right. Right. Just like just like Twister, I led with my right. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, it seems to be the better way to do it. I think. Okay, so so you were talking about your shoes slipping on Olympus. What, what shoes did you did you wear for for the ultra? Uh, for the ultra, I wore Innovates. Uh, two uh, Talon two twelves, both yeah. pair, different pair for each lap. So same shoes, just you you swapped same out shoe. shoes at the drop in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I really don't think that I, that's the best shoe. On Sunday I wore my Solomon Speed threes, which have a better have a better rock plate in them, and that of course was obviously extremely rocky. And I I noticed my feet wasn't as sore, which I know I did one lap Sunday, but. I could, my feet, I feel more protected, like in my arch of my foot. Right. With with the Solomons, actually. If I had to do it over again, I'd wear the Solomons all, the whole ultra. Really? In, in my opinion, yeah. My feet felt more, I didn't take as much of the beating. I, I've never tried the Solomons, but everybody says they're way more comfortable, and the Innovates are kind of like a flat-footed shoe, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the Innovates, but for that course, I would rather have my Solomons. I, since I, you know, I made a lap in the Solomons and two laps in the Innovates, and I'd say the Solomons are a better shoe for that course. Yeah. But, like, Charlotte in Atlanta, I'd rather have my Innovates. Yeah, because I, I, the Innovates are a little bit lighter and faster, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just, you don't have quite as much protection, I don't think. So, and, and the Solomons you wore, you said those were the Speed Cross? Yeah, Speed Cross, Speed 3 or Speed Cross 3. Right. I bought them. I wore them some last year. They're not worn out yet, so I can always take them with me. Right. Okay, so you finished your first lap, and you come into the drop-bin area. Tell us tell us what you had in your drop-bin area. Uh, I had another pack already filled up. I had some... Uh, Hammer, hammer uh, electrolyte pills and a couple of leaves. Uh, dry pair of socks, the other pair of Innovates. Campbell's tomato soup and a peanut butter sandwich. Right. <clears throat> how, how long did you stay in the drop bin area? Uh, when I sat down, I was three twenty nine. When I got up, it was uh, it was uh, three hours, 35 minutes, and like 40 seconds. So about six and a half minutes, not quite seven minutes. I watched cool. uh, pretty close, really. I was, I was shooting for five, and I was there about six and a half. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's the way to do it. Man, you were flying, especially if you changed your shoes that quick, too. Yeah. Um, if I had to do it again, I won't change my shoes next time. Man, after because I... Because... You you only had a mile and something. Your feet were soaking wet again from the dunk wall. Right. So 
it was a comfortable feeling to have dry socks and shoes, but for no longer than what it was, I would probably took my three or four minutes changing shoes. I'd rather have them three or four minutes back and just kept wet feet. Right. I think I I, I pulled my shoes. I didn't change my shoes, but I pulled them off and emptied the rocks out of them. I was wrestling rocks around in my shoes the whole first lap, seemed like. <clears throat> I noticed that uh, after I finished the beast, I was just looking at the drop-bin area, man, and you'd see people over there, and they were staying over there like 30 minutes and all, long times. And I was thinking, man, if I sat there for 30 minutes, I'd probably start getting cramping. Probably anyone would get up and go. I, I think that's the, what started my cramps was sitting down there for six minutes, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Shoot, I know a bunch of times, you know, like after the race and you go to the changing tent and you go to put on your new clothes and, you know, you're trying to take your shoes off and, you know, your your laces are too tight and you're trying to, like, pull it off, you know, force your shoe off. Sometimes I'll try to keep cramping my calf just from doing that. Yeah, I've been there before. Yeah. So how long did it, do you remember how long it took you to uh, do your first lap? Well, I called the first lap 329 because that's when I sat on the bench. I could transition. It must have, mine was like 335 or something like that. that was, 330 something. That's a pretty smoking, that's a pretty, going pretty dang hard for a first lap, too. Yeah, and I guess I went out with the get it when I can, but I mean, I wasn't, I could have ran faster, obviously, but knowing you got to make another lap. Right. Uh, yeah, you can't leave it on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I even, even though I just run the beast, I was super conservative on the downhills just because I didn't want to have any issues with my IT bands for the second day. So I was doing really little, like, fast steps fast on the first day. choppy feet, yeah. Right, but on the second day, I opened up my stride a lot more on the downhills. <clears throat> So you come out on your second lap. Were you able to get in front of the next wave, or did you get right behind a wave coming out? Uh, they caught me uh, right right before the uh, the first climb up through that uh, right away where all the rocks was. Right. That's why the next wave caught me. Well, that wasn't too bad then. No, not really. It wasn't bad. Mm. I mean, there was a lot of people on that course that second lap it was uh i would say nine out of ten people were real polite about it yeah you let you buy yeah and then there was a couple places i know i lost time because i couldn't get around people and they wouldn't move but yeah it, there was some oh. there was some tight trails on there too where it was oh, yeah. hard for people but <clears throat> but so most of them pretty cool when you said ultra coming through you know yeah, majority of them, yeah, 95% of them were cool. But I know two times I got a little upset with people. Mm. They wouldn't. Did it yeah, almost? They had a place to get out, and you, either you had to make your own trail, or you pretty much had to move them out of your way. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes that's how it goes. Some people yeah, are like that. I, I mean, like on the beast on Sunday, I know there's a lot of people that didn't run any on Saturday. And, uh, you know, when they come, you could hear them coming up on you. I'd just get out of the way because, you know, I didn't have near the legs under me Sunday as I did Saturday. 
Yeah, I mean, if I hear somebody coming and I can tell they're running hotter than I am, I usually get out of the way for them to come by. Exactly. I'll wave them around. If she's on the other foot, that's what I want. Just get out of the way. One second, I'll be past you. That's right. That's right. So just give you the common courtesy to get out of there. And and most all people do, but there was, I knew two times where I was, yeah, a little bit upset because... I followed someone for, you know, a hundred and some yards that didn't really need to be more than 10 feet. Hmm. So, how was your body feeling when you started the second lap? Did you already uh, have some aches and I, pains, or did you still feel pretty good? Uh, I felt good, other than once I crawled up on there where you get back level with the starting line, my quad started cramping on me. Right. Pretty bad. Like, I'm bad enough. I stopped, took my pack back off, drank some pickle juice, and I had to kind of massage my quads down by my knee a little bit. Right. And then uh, it took a little bit to loosen them back up. And then I noticed basically the whole second lap, I couldn't really take long strides. Like on the on any of the downhills, I had to do short, fast, choppy. And then everything up here where you'd like to... You know, uh, put your hand on your in the woods where you put your hand on your on your knees and you kind of push off and you make big strides. I couldn't do that, or my oh, man. my quads cramped. Yeah, I had to take little little steps up and down. I, the whole second lap, I mean, that really it hindered me pretty bad. Really, uh, that's you know, my, my, my IT IT bands never hurt. My knees never give me any problem. My ankles never give me any problem. It's just your quads uh, cramping, huh? Just, just my quads, really. Yeah, and that kind of sucks, you know, because when you when you're going up those hills and it takes forever, you know, some you want to change it up. So one time you want to, you know, maybe push off of your knee, you know, and take a long stride, and then you want to do shorter, faster things sure. just to mix it up. Right. Yeah, I bet that kind of sucked a little bit. It did, and you can tell from it's so much slower on the second lap. It's not that I was tired, or it's just like I, I, I couldn't. Whenever you would try to take them long strides, so I know I saw my face once when I tried it, and they just walk up there. Ooh. And then I, yeah, so yeah, you, that part didn't work out real well for me. Yeah, you definitely couldn't stop at that point because if you just stopped at any point at that time, you probably would have really locked up bad. Oh, yeah. That, that's where I go back to. I'll never, you know, I'm going to run another ultra now, and I'm not going to stop. The, the transition is going to be like the uh, the woman that won. Uh, I think her name was Nicole. I followed her out at the transition, and she was in the 20 seconds top. She got something to drink and walked out. I, you know, so I would have beat her in on the first lap by six minutes, say. And we walked out. I walked out right behind her. Right. And uh, I don't think she cramped any, and I'm probably going to do with that philosophy the next one. I think I'm going to leave my wet shoes on, and at most just change the pack. And whatever I decide to eat will be sitting on top of my pack, and I'll eat it as I'm walking out. Like, 30-second swap will be it. Yeah, that was what I did. I was I walked out with my PBJ in my hand, and... The whole time I was in the area, you know, I was either walking around or just doing some squats, you know, just to keep my body going, you know. Like, I literally, I, I, I sat long enough to, you know, pull my shoes out, dump the rocks, put them back on, and I took off. But, I mean, I bet I was in, my, I, I bet I was in there probably 15 minutes, though. 
but I mean, I felt pretty good, you know, and I was just putting it all to, you know, I was taking those hammer nutrition, uh, anti-fatigue pills. And I don't know if that was helping with cramps or not, but I was taking those every two hours, I think. I had a yeah, little. Yeah, they call for one an hour is what they call for. Yeah, I think I was taking two every two hours is what I was doing, <laughs> or so I can't remember. I might have been taking them every hour, but uh, and I had all those. The I had the Hammer Nutrition Enduralite tablets in my water, so I, yeah. But uh, I tried to cr- I was trying to cramp up in in my calves, but I never had any problems with my quads. Did the cold water? mess with your quads no. when you went in there or no. did it help? No, but I, I was worried it would. I thought well, this could be bad getting out of here. And it never really changed anything. I was expecting it to, but it never did. I know. I, I want to say it, at Virginia when I ran wintergreen, I was really having problems with my quad trying to uh, cramp up. And when I got on Tyro, I thought I was going to cramp before I finished Tyro. Because that was pretty, my legs were giving me a fit when I got to Tyro at Wintergreen last year. <clears throat> how, how did your quads feel when you got to Tyro? Uh, never bothered me any there. I didn't, I didn't notice anything there. Just on the steep, steep climbs, you know, I, I had to take short steps on the, on the whole second lap, the whole second lap. I never got to take any long strides. And then coming down, you know, downhill and through the woods and the rocks and stuff for the tight technical stuff, I really never affected me much because it's all, uh, you know, like the birds, they're short, fast feet. You know, that's what he says. You need short steps, fast feet, fast, always just pitter patterns, just real quick feet. So I never really bothered my quads. It was out like when you come down that, that one, uh, where you come down off of the snake and you went to the, uh, what was that? You went to Olympus. That was a big long, before you come to Olympus. Yeah, you know, I, I made good time on that. Uh, you know, like coming down to the monkey bars there at the beginning, that was long, steep, downhill grade. You know, I couldn't, second life, I was pretty much forced to take short short steps. You know, even though, I mean, it wasn't bad time, but I had a lot, I should have did a lot better time. Right. So what all, I, I know you said you had a, uh, some tablets in your water in your pack. What what else did you have in your packs when you were running like goose and uh, bars and more? Five, I had five gels and two bars. Then I had a couple of leaves and a few of them hammer uh, electrolyte and anti cramping pills. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But some cramping pills obviously didn't work. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't eat all my gels. I had. I think I had two left each lap. Right. And uh, I think I only ate one bar. I ate one bar and one of the uphills. 
Yeah, I think I use I use three gels both days. Yeah, I think that's what I had. Three gels each lap, honestly. Pretty sure. Right. I know one thing, uh, like Saturday, I didn't even notice it. And on Sunday, it was like almost at the top. There was this one, it looked like somebody had made like a, I don't know, like a TP with a bunch of sticks and everything. Yeah. I didn't yeah, even. I saw that. I didn't even notice that on Saturday, and when I come by it on Sunday, I was like, did somebody do that yesterday? But yeah, I saw that. Yeah, somebody told me, no, it was there yesterday. I mean, I, I, it's just funny how when you run the same course two days in a row, some things you notice and some things you don't. Right. But I, I ran right by that and didn't even notice it. And then when we ran the second day, I, you know, it was getting towards the end of the lap, and... I was like, okay, I know I've got one more water crossing and I've got to do the Atlas carry. And after I did the Atlas carry, I was like, okay, well, I've still got to do that water crossing before I get to the end. And then I, I never hit it. And somebody said that they took it out. And it was that one where it wasn't like a real long water crossing, but it had that, there was like some chain link fence around a pole or yeah. something. Yeah. But I don't even yeah, remember a, seeing there a, it. There was a bridge right there. It was right after the bender, I think. Oh. It was right after the bender. There was a water stop here, and you went basically straight to the left of the water stop. And the first, the first, well, it was on the first day. Yeah. On the first lap. The second lap on the first day, they ha they rerouted it because I started to run that way. And they're like, no, 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 over here. And that was the, they were talking about people. There were, yeah, a fence down there, and there's like an old bridge. There some, it would have been pretty easy to get hurt, honestly. And they just routed you below the water instead of up through the water. Hmm. So they actually changed it in the middle of the course, like somewhere in the middle oh, of okay. the culture. Because I kept waiting to go go through it, and I, it's like I never I never even noticed it. Huh. All right, man, so... You were on, so you were on your second lap, and you were coming to the bucket brigade the second time. What were you? How were you feeling when you got to the bucket brigade the second time? Yeah, I was feeling pretty worn down. Really, I mean, I was more or less in survival mode by then. I was twenty some, whatever, twenty six miles into it. Basically, I was like, yeah, uh, suck it up one more time. This is the last bad obstacle, really. I don't know how we missed you because we were like sitting there on the hill. And the only thing I can think of is, you know, we were dorking around after our race. And the only thing I can think of is when we walked around there to go up to the hill, you must have been just finishing right then because Joseph come up to us later or he texted me. He's like, I'm with Jason at the finish line. And I was like, man, we was waiting for you because I wanted to see you come down there and do it again. Yeah, I could have used a pep talk on that second one. Yeah, I was, hey, hey, I was there Sunday, though. I was there Sunday. You were. That was my best time on the bucket was when you gave me the old cup back the whole afternoon. That's right. Yes, right. I was. I did it for Michael, too. That was a fun race Sunday. I could tell you were sore Sunday because most of the time you in front of me, I figured you was probably hurting bad. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I, I mean, I didn't have any cramps Sunday, but, I mean, there was no... You couldn't place your feet where you wanted to. I didn't make any good time. You know, where you said you kind of held back on the downhill, I, I went wide open on that first lap and 
as wide open as my legs would on the second lap. And then Sunday, there just wasn't any wide open. There just wasn't no. You couldn't get your feet placed where your mind was telling them. Your legs was like juice. Like jello. Yeah, they were just like cold molasses. You know, it took longer to place them where they were supposed to be. You know, I, I, I don't think I did bad, but I mean... It was a weird feeling not being able to do what you knew you were capable of. Oh, yeah. You were just getting worn out, man. So uh, what what was your, your ended up, your finish time and placing ended up being? On the Ultra? Yeah. Uh, it was 8.06, 8 hours and 6 minutes, like 27th or 28th place. Man, that was awesome, dude. Spill your first ultra and you did it in eight hours and placed 27th in the elite class. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that wasn't bad. I mean, I learned a lot. Yeah. I, I know I can do. I know I could do better now that you know. You need to experience what you need to know. You know what your mind's going to think when you start lap two, and I need to. You know, I obviously not have cramps. You got. I got to avoid the cramps. That cost me a lot of time. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to change my shoes next time unless there's something drastically wrong. You know, you'd save, I'll save six minutes there. I'd save one minute tops next time. You think you were, uh, you think you were hydrating enough? Did you drink all of your, uh, Camelback? I, 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 yeah, I, I drank, I drank almost all of each one of them, you know, I switched, and then I drank a lot of water stops. Right. I, I don't, I don't feel like I, you know... I feel like I was plenty hydrated because one, it wasn't that hot. I didn't sweat a lot, and there were so many water crossings. Like I was, I never really felt like you know, I didn't really feel like I ever got too cold, and I never seen my heart rate over like one seventy. I don't think you know, in a sprint, I seen my heart rate up to like one eighty eight. Yeah, and I'll keep it. To, I'll keep it there for a little bit. That's about like my. You know, knowing that we've only got five miles, give or take, to do it. So, I, I don't feel, I feel like I drank plenty. I'm not sure. Mm. You know, I have to do a little more research on the cramps, actually. Yeah, do you think that pick? do you think the pickle juice helped at all when you drank it? Uh, yeah, it helped, for sure. And then I actually, I already started doing research, and a guy told me something. He said, this will help your cramps, and you might think I'm crazy, but... He told me, he says what he is, and he said he was tonic water, like tonic and gin. Yeah. Yeah, he said it's called tonic water. He said, just drink you just a little bit of that, and he said, you, you won't have cramps. And this guy, he goes hunting out west, and he says he gets in high altitudes, his legs will just cramp. He said, I can't even walk. And I'll just drink, you know, a couple, three swallows of that, cramps go away. Huh. So I'm actually going to try that on a high if it knocks, you know, I shouldn't have cramps, but if I do, I'm going to have me a little bit of that with me. I know I, I've started, I think I heard it on Ben Greenfield's podcast and uh, talking about uh, drinking that coconut water. And I, ever since yeah. I heard it, I usually will drink a whole box of that coconut water, which is, you know, I think it's almost like four servings in a box. And I'll drink a whole box of that the day before a race and maybe drink a little of it the morning of. And I mean, I say it helps. I mean, I've only cramped up once, and that was at Jacksonville on the flattest course of the year, which made no sense whatsoever. I, 
I must have just had something out of whack that weekend. I don't know. It was weird. It, and and they are weird like that. It's 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 like it just comes out of nowhere. You don't know what to do. I actually I think on Sunday when I was walking up to the to get my bib and all, I walked by somebody's truck and there was like four or five mustard packets on the ground and I said, "You know what? I'm going to grab these, you know." And there was a couple of times and uh, you know, I don't I don't know if the mustard helps or not, but I figured, you know, I got three gels, you know, mustard. I like the taste of mustard anyway. I'll take it with me and see if it helps. But, you know, I started feeling like I was getting muscle strain in my legs. I'd hit one of those mustard packs, and if anything, it just put a flavor in my mouth. But I don't know if it helped or anything. It helped or not, but it was good flavor either way. <laughs> Yeah, we know, we know you're a cut ketchup and mustard-eating pool. Yes, I am. <laughs> you know how I like my sweet potato fries? <clears throat> and my carrot cake. Man, that carrot cake at the Red Hut Diner was the bomb. That's probably why I didn't cramp, because I had good carrot cake in me. Good <laughs> <laughs> day, good day. <laughs> so, all right, man, have you got a belt for that buckle yet? Yeah, I got a few of them. <laughs> yeah, I got a belt. My grandpa left me. I can wear it on there if I want. I wear mine. I wear mine all the time. Of course, you can get away with big belt buckles like that down here in the south. Everybody got them down here. <laughs> well, shoot. Let me see. So, Jason, was there anything you did like after the race on after the ultra on sunday that you i mean i'm sorry on saturday that you did to try to recover before you started the the regular beast on sunday well no i took the same protein and aminos and stuff afterwards probably not quite soon enough afterwards maybe i should have took them before i left i know it would have been an hour after before after the race was over, I'm sure it was time to shower and stuff. I probably should have took them sooner, but yeah. What'd you eat for? Maybe even more of it. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I don't know if more of them would have changed anything if I took more protein and more. You know, because your muscles was, I guess, way more fatigued. Right. I did take a cold shower when I got back, but I didn't. I just, you know, I debated on taking an ice bath, but I was. I was so tired and hurt, and I just, I didn't, if I did it, if I was going to run to again, I'd just make myself, I'd just take my bucket that I used for the ultra and take it to the ice machine and fill her up, make me a couple of trips, and probably would take an ice bath to get rid of some of the soreness, you know? Right. What'd you eat? What'd you... you know, if I, if I would have did that and not felt as bad and sore on Sunday, I mean, that could have been maybe five minutes faster or something. Right. So, I would definitely try it on the next one. So, so what'd you eat for what'd you eat for dinner after the ultra? Because we, I think we we split up after the ultra. Y'all y'all left early and we uh, kind of hung we, around. We went to the barn. Yeah, uh, I had the had the chicken quesadillas, a salad, and some kind of spinach appetizer. It had spinach and I don't know what it was. It was what we ate Saturday. 
Well, that's right, because I got that quesadilla. It was good. Yeah, did you like it? I did like it. I thought it was really good. It had, uh, had uh, avocados in it. Yeah, it was better than the ribs, for sure. It was good. Yeah. Well, shoot, Jason. Uh, you going to be ready for Ohio in a couple of weeks? Uh, I should be. I'll, yeah. I mean, I haven't been, I haven't worked out any yet, but I've been forcing myself. Today's the first day I felt decent. I didn't feel, you know, Monday was terrible and tired. Tuesday was a little bit better, and today I felt all right. I didn't have to use the handrail on the steps at work. Yeah, didn't you tell me something about how you fell down the stairs or something on Monday? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I fell down the stairs at work on Monday. I thought I could... Yeah, I guess I went across the flat point and then I started down before I got a little handrail and there wasn't no support in the old legs there. <laughs> I didn't want nothing to do with the steps. Just like on the way way home Sunday, I fell out of the truck and we got gas one night with one of them stops on the way home. I fell out of the truck and I fell. Oh my God. Yeah, my legs are, they were smoked. They had all they wanted. Oh, dude. Anybody see you fall down the stairs? Uh, I was back on my feet and they heard me. <laughs> they came around they're like, did you just fall? I'm like, well, I think that. And they're like, well, it sounds like someone fell. I'm like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it don't bother me. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason. Hey, man, I appreciate you uh, talking to us, man. And uh, you going to Virginia? That'll be the next race I see you at? Yeah, I signed up for Virginia today. Yeah. So I got uh, Ohio both days and the hurricane heat on Sunday. And I'm going to take my godson on the kids race Saturday after after I run. Oh, that'll be cool. In Ohio, because it's only about 45 minutes from the house. That's a, I know I can make that drive. Yeah, that'll be cool. So, uh, yeah, one the beast on Saturday and then the uh, kids race. And then Sunday I'll do two laps of the sprint, one in the morning and one as a team, and then do the hurricane heat in the afternoon at 2 o'clock. And then, uh, see, we got a couple weeks off, and then do Virginia. And then the following weekend is Chicago, and I'm going to try to play one more night hurricane heat in Chicago. Dang. You're going to do the trifecta weekend in West Virginia with us too, ain't you? Yeah, I got it. It's all signed up, paid for. Yeah. That'll be a pretty good test there. Yeah, well, I guess Asheville will be before then, because Asheville's in July, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's in the end of July. Asheville is in uh, Palmerton. I signed up for Palmerton. It's before Asheville. Dang, you got a full load coming in. I got 30 races scheduled. I got them all on a, a spreadsheet. Dang. I even looked at the, the Florida beast that you was talking about. I never signed up for it, but I did look into it a little bit. I think it's December 9th. Right. I know we're throwing around the idea of doing the Ultra at Dallas, but I don't know if we're going to do it or not. I'd like to. I think it'd be cool to do it since it's the first time they're doing it there. Yeah, I, th I think I want another Ultra. I got... I got uh, was that Kellington written down, but I haven't paid for it. But if I could get, if one person would go, I would do it. I'd do the ultra. I don't know if I would do both Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. I No, I, I definitely I do. won't do that if I do another one. 
I would like to do Killington, but, you know, this Dallas one opened up, and it's so much cheaper for me to fly to Dallas than it is for me to go to Vermont from South right. Georgia anyway. If you decide to do it, my, there's a good chance it wouldn't take much to twist my arm and do another ultra. <laughs> I'm sure. That's a fun race, man. It's just fun being out there on the course all day long. Yeah. No doubt. I'll definitely do a couple next year. I might, I might try uh Tahoe, or I might even go to Hawaii. Yeah, there you go. That's a good challenge. If I can get someone to go with me, I'll probably do Hawaii or Tahoe next year. Shoot, if I could afford to do it, I'd go to Hawaii this year. Yeah, it's about, I think it's like $1,000 flights over and back. Yeah, I think you're right. I looked into it once and said, I'm not that good, but now I feel like I'd try it now. Yeah, you got to, but if you go to Hawaii, you got to plan to stay out there and actually, you know, stay there for yeah, like a week, take a week or something. Off yeah. And, yeah, race and then vacation there. And then you kind of, you know, you're subsidizing. You don't find it bad to fly over for $1,000 if you're going to spend a week there. But just to fly over on a Friday and race yeah. on a Saturday and fly home, pretty expensive race. Yeah, like me and Michael did this past weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Well, shoot, Jason, man, I ain't going to hold you up anymore, but uh, I appreciate you uh, talking to us today, and I guess I'll see you in Virginia, man. Yeah, see you there in, uh, what's that, June? Yeah. June 3rd, 3rd and 4th, I believe. That's right. Well, all right, man, we'll talk to you later, brother. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. I want to thank Jason again for uh, doing an interview with us. Uh, my next race will be in Florida in a couple of weeks. Come tell me what's up, you know, say hey, uh, like us on Facebook and Instagram. If you feel gracious, go to iTunes and leave us a review. We will appreciate it, and I will see you at the next race. Peace.